I have decided to trim down on my version of him. So, husband of one wife, family of four, but I had daddy's plate. I have daddy's plate, yeah. My two daughters know daddy's plate. And they take care of it very well. Anytime they have to dish my food, they go for daddy's plate. Um, it's just, uh, I know it may sound a bit like traditional, but it's one of those privileges that I chose to retain from my forefathers. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make through this story, which is not funny to some people, <laughs> is simple, and that is that God wants you to be his plate. The one that is set apart for him and him alone. You know, whilst we were growing up, if you grew up like me, some uncles would visit your home, some big uncles, and they can just go to the place where you keep stuff and just grab daddy's cup. The boldest of the children we have to approach uncle and say, uncle, don't put us into trouble. That cup you are holding is daddy's cup. We can get something for you that is very close. But this one is daddy's own. This is the boldness that some of us don't have today. And that's why the devil is messing us up. Yeah. This, that's the boldness that some of us don't have, even as regards our friends or family members, to be able to tell them, you are daddy's cup. This person should not borrow you. And if it happens that you have been borrowed before, don't make it consistent before they downgrade you to uncle's cup. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The entire concept of consecration is all about being set apart for the master's use. And I must have that mindset. And that was what the writer of First Peter chapter 2 was talking about, that you, we, we, he said, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people, set apart. We've been set apart for the master's use. God was deliberate about selling us the understanding that we're supposed to have of ourselves. There's a way that I see myself that will make me know that the devil can't borrow me. I am not available on lease. I belong to somebody. I, I mean, uh, when the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God, have you thought about it before? That can maybe Buckingham Palace be available on Airbnb? If you know what I'm talking about. It's not going to happen. Am I saying the truth? Because the place that is meant for royalty cannot be available for just anybody. Yeah. It can't be available for just anybody. We need to have this understanding. I carry God. I am the temple of the most high God. My body is the temple of the most high God. So it's not available for just anybody. It's available for God. 
I've been set apart for God to use. The word consecrate simply means the action of declaring something sacred or set apart. The action of declaring something sacred. When you say something is sacred, that means it's, it's for God. Or it's, 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 you know, has been set apart only for God. That's the understanding that God wants us to have about ourselves. And if we gain this understanding, it's going to help us a, a great deal. All through the Bible, you see God trying to paint this picture. But people keep running away from understanding how God wants us to be. So you see all kinds of stories in the Bible. I'm going to zero in on one of them, but before that, let, let, let me, because I was studying this yesterday and I just, I just, I just felt that the, 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 the Holy Spirit was just trying to get something very strong across to me. And this was not even part of my note. Uh, uh, about Moses. Moses was born for a purpose. What the Holy Spirit was trying to get across to me yesterday was that lack of consecration can limit the expression of destiny. Because a modern day Christian who does not understand consecration flits around and skirts around all kinds of things that are very limiting to the fullness of our calling. See, the way I understand is that my calling is in progression. I know in part today, uh, God is using me in this part today. There are many more things that God wants to do through you. If you are content with where you are, then anyhow, consecration will be okay for you. But if you are like me, always yearning for God to do more with your life, then you are the one asking me, is the, asking him, is there a deeper level of consecration that will yield this kind of expression of your call over my life? Moses was born to deliver Israel from Egyptian, the Egyptian tyranny. That was his destiny. And take them into a promised land. But at a point, in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says, uh, from verse 1 there, that Moses was, was shepherding his father-in-law's sheep, not even his own sheep. He was, he, was just, he was just working for somebody. And at the backside of the desert, then all of a sudden, he saw a bush that was burning, that was not consumed, and he said, let me now go and see. This is one of the, uh, the, the most vital things that dawned on me, you know, as I studied this, which was that, God, how do I put it right now? This generation struggles with a lot of distraction. You know, if it was this generation, Moses would have taken a selfie with the burning bush <laughs> and just put it on Instagram and say, wow, see what I saw. You know, just, just uh, you know, this is, this is amazing. And he would put fire, 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 fire. You know that... <laughs> And then they will just pass it around on WhatsApp everywhere, and, uh, and that's it. You will not even wait to hear whether God wanted to say anything. That is this generation. May God deliver us. Amen. That's why many people who are supposed to be in the center, in Egypt, in the center of their core, they are skating around the wilderness doing stuff that are just supposed to prepare them for the real thing. When is the real life going to happen to you? 
If you met Moses the day before and you saw him with sheep and they ask you, what, what, what's his destiny? What's his calling? You just say he's a shepherd. Yeah. But you won't know there's a higher calling. Consecration, ladies and gentlemen, is what leads to a higher calling in God. That's the point I've been trying to make. Because as Moses would then approach the place to see, after God got his attention, because somebody's listening to me today here, all God has been trying to do for months of this year, 2019, is to get your attention. When are you going to give him your attention? God is waiting for too long to get your attention. And when he has gotten your attention, he wants you consecrated. As Moses approached the place, let me look. God spoke out from the burning bush. Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. This place is consecrated. This place is sacred. Yeah. And the sandals there speak to all the places you have been. His eyes run to and fro. He's been with you everywhere that you have been. But when you come into a place of divine appointment, leave where you have been behind because there's a new calling upon your life. There's a new calling. God is beckoning on you. There's a new calling on your life. For you to enter into that calling, that's why I'm preaching this message today. You need to gain a deeper sense of how to consecrate yourself to God. A deeper sense of consecration. There was a man, I move quickly, to the book of Judges chapter 13 by the name of Samson that God used there. Samson's life, before he was born, God showed interest in his life. His mother, the wife of Manoah, a man of uh, the Danites, uh, according to Judges chapter 13 from verse 1, was barren. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him. By the way, they were under the Philistines' occupation for the last 40 years. Just like Moses, God was looking for somebody who will avenge his people. If you put verse 1 there, please help me pray today. Put verse 1 up there. You see? Delivered them from the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Yeah. Israel did evil in the sight of God and God put them on. Then when God would take them out of the hands of the Philistines, he needed a person. But as a level of consecration that will engender that call or that will make God use these people the way, this person, the way we want to. So right before he was born, an angel came and told the woman, the wife of Manoah, you're going to conceive. But you be consecrated. The child in your womb will be consecrated because to do what I want to do, which is to break the Philistines' occupation or the Philistines' captivity over your life for 40 years, I demand this level of consecration. Yeah, I demand this level of consecration. So woman, you're not going to take any alcohol. You're not going to eat any unclean food. If you go to Leviticus and all that, you see all the unclean food there. You're not going to touch any of those things. And that child in your womb, when it's out, don't cut his head. It shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And it shall begin to deliver. Somebody say deliver. That's his call. That's, that's the calling of God upon us. It shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Ladies and gentlemen, there are callings over your life. There are passions to be released for God and for humanity. That many people will live a whole lifetime and not even go midway. 
just because of lack of consecration. If there's somebody listening to me today, and you want to say, Lord, I want you to use me fully and completely. All that I am, all that I have, all that I will ever be, use it fully and completely. What you are saying is, Lord, I'm willing to be consecrated to you enough so that you can have your way in my life. The deeper the consecration, the deeper the calling. <laughs> the deeper the consecration, the deeper the calling or the expression of God's call over our lives. I sense in my spirit that somebody here that God is wanting to use, wanting to talk to, he's been trying to get your attention so that he can tell you how to consecrate yourself. But he has not been able to get your attention. This is the season where you fully open up your heart to him and say, Lord, get my attention. You know, sometimes, I, I, I mean, I laugh, laugh sometimes in church like this where um, at some period of the year, early in the year, mid-year, or whenever, God will tell us, fast. It's like God is calling the church into a deeper level of consecration. God will tell us, pray or do this. And some people are in the church. That's the part of the announcement that they never hear. Yeah. They just don't hear it in the announcement when we announce it. So they never participate. And they walk in the shallow side of destiny with God. There's the midway and there's the deep end. But they are always on the shallow end. Yeah. You know when you're on the shallow end, your level of dependency is just, is, there's no need for dependency. What's the worst thing that, I mean, when I was learning to swim, I mean, you start from the shallow end. And what's the, what's the worst thing that can happen? You fall and you stand up. Yeah. When you get to the deep end, you know that your life is in the hand of God. Yeah. It's absolute dependency on God, and you have to have enough skill to swim through the deep end. Am I saying the truth for anybody here who swims? Yeah. Some people, that's why Jesus said, whoever loves his life, love his own life will lose it and is the one that has yielded his life that will find it. Many people want God to carry them but they cannot fall in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. And it's difficult for that to happen because except you are willing to fall into his hands, you cannot test whether he will carry you or not. Yeah. Praise God. I said praise God. So looking at the life of Samson, there are many lessons to learn, and I'm going to get a little uh, more into it in a bit. But I need to say this, that God wants to use you in specific ways, and he will demand a certain level of consecration from you. He will demand a certain level of consecration from you. To whom much is given, much is required. That's what we say. We want more of God, God demands a deeper level of consecration from you. So some lessons from the life of Samson in how to, to beware, things to beware of, some lessons to learn if you want to deepen your consecration in God. One is that you learn to control your appetite. Learn to control your appetite. I don't know what it is with appetite whenever God is calling his people to come deeper with him. He wants them to master certain appetite. That's why fasting is a spiritual discipline that is a must for anyone that will be a disciple of Christ. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, fasting is a spiritual discipline that you cannot take for granted. 
They asked Jesus, why didn't your disciples fast? Disciples of John, I think that's in Matthew 11 or so, disciples of John and all that, all of them, they fast. What about your own disciples? Jesus told them, can a bride, I mean, can the, the friends of the bridegroom fast when the bridegroom is still around? He said, a day is coming where the bridegroom will be taken away. I said, he said, in that day, they will fast. I was speaking at our mainland center yesterday. I told them, this is the day where the bridegroom has been taken away. Jesus was just talking about seasons. There's a season where you have to seek God deeper. You have to deepen your consecration in him. And it starts with how you manage your appetite. So your inability to control your consumption will determine how far you can go in life. Yeah. Will determine how far you can go in life. And any indulgence that is outside God's plans for you desecrates you and drains his power from your life. Any kind of indulgence at all. When you look at the life of Samson, when you get home, please read Judges chapter 13, 14, 15, and 16. If you don't read the Bible at all this week, read those four verses. I mean, four chapters. Yeah. You can, you can start from tomorrow. Just read one, one chapter. Yeah. It's enough a good story to give you the full scoop of what I'm talking about today. Because, you, I mean, that, the story of Samson was like a modern-day sci-fi movie. You know, the power that was just coming out it was like Incredible Hawk. He would just show up somewhere and just, <laughs> just do and do and do and just manifesting the power of God anyhow. But, you know, it got, it got to a point where the things... He uh, was not prepared for what God prepared him for. May that not be your portion in Jesus' name. Yeah. So any indulgence outside of God's plan for you desecrates you and drains his power from your life. So when we talk about indulgence in the life of Samson, you see like him indulging Delilah and just misbehaving. And it's important for us to know today that Delilah, the modern day Delilah is not a woman. It's not just a woman. It's not just a man. It's not just a human being. Delilah is anything that drains God's grace, God's power from you and makes you lose your focus. That's Delilah. It can be a place. It can be a thing. It can be a desire. It can even be music. It can be some things you indulge in. It can be people you hang out with. You know, today, we're taking entertainment to a whole new level. And many Christians 